Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. Come on, somebody say it with me. God is moving. Amen. We live in a culture and a world that is ever changing. We've got some challenging days that are ahead of us. But listen, we as the church are victorious. We win. Amen. So I don't care what things look like. We always are triumphant because we are the triumphant church. Praise the Lord. Because we are God's people. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Come on. I want to get you stirred up right from the get-go because listen, this is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be in an amazing year. It's going to be a challenging year. There's going to be some difficult things ahead of us. But for we, the people of God, that know God, the Bible says this in the book of Daniels, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. So that means, oh, we're not weak and feeble, not getting beat up. We are strong and we're moving forward to do great things for God. So this is our year. It's a year of increase and a year moving forward. Amen? Amen. Hey, listen, I want to just challenge you this morning as we get started that God is always endeavoring for us to come up higher, right? And so this is a year that we are coming up higher. We're moving and advancing forward. We're pursuing our relationship with God. And listen, I want to encourage you. It is not a difficult thing. It's easy to know God. It's easy to walk with God because he makes it so easy and he makes it real. Amen. God said this over in Jeremiah. He said this. He said, my ways are not your ways. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. So when he tells us that, God is not telling us that to say, you know what, you little peon. Don't even think about acting a certain way or thinking a certain way he said because my ways they're higher my thoughts they're higher no if you recall the scripture says my thoughts for you are good they're they're of a future of a hope and an expected end so in other words what God is saying he says my ways are higher and you can come up higher my thoughts are higher and you can come up higher You can think higher because, listen, I want good things for you. Praise God. And so this year, we are coming up higher, going forward in the plans and the purposes and the pursuits of God, and we are going as a church. So you may not realize it right now, but there is a roller coaster that you just got on. You may not have came last Sunday, and this is the first Sunday of 2023. I'm letting you know, we're on a roller coaster ride, and it's going to, it's going to be a, a ride of your life. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. So you just might as well hold on. And, well, don't hold on. You know, it's always fun to, you know, it's funner uh, to do the roller coaster with your hands up, right? Come on. Why do, why, why do they do that? Because we as the church, we lift up our hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, so we're coming up higher as a church, right? Now, in order for us to understand 
how God wants us to live, how He wants us to experience life, to begin to discover His thoughts and His ways, it's important for us to go back to the beginning and actually begin to discover how God made man. So I want to draw to your attention to Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 28. And just want to encourage you this year, if you've not been in the custom of bringing your Bible, just go ahead and do so. Get familiar with your Bible. Take some notes. Highlight it. Circle things. Underline things. It's all right to do that. God likes it when you do it, all right? So again, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it begins by saying, Then God blessed them. Everybody say, He blessed them. He blessed them. It says, Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Notice it says that God blessed them. That is significant for us to see and understand. Because God was not just simply saying, oh God, bless you. He wasn't saying to Doug, oh, bless your darling heart and your stupid head. <laughs> Brother Hagen always used to say that. I always wanted to use that phrase. I just happened to use it on Doug. He didn't appreciate that. Hey, listen, I love you, buddy. <laughs> listen, he, God was not saying, oh, bless you. God bless you. No, the Bible says that God blessed them. It is covenant language. In other words, the word blessed means to be empowered to prosper. So God blessed them, empowered them to prosper, and then said, be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion and authority and subdue or conquer. So in other words, they could not be fruitful and multiply unless God blessed them. Or you could say it this way, they would not or were not fruitful and not multiplying until they came and lived under the blessing of God. Amen. And so that's what the name of this series is, is living under the blessing. And so I want you to begin to think differently and begin to experience differently the things of God because we're coming up higher. Amen. All right. So in other words, once again, he empowered them to prosper and upon being empowered to prosper through God's blessing, he said, now you can be fruitful and multiply. Now, in addition to that, he says, now I'm going to give you authority. He says, have dominion, which means authority. I'm going to give you authority because of my blessing to be fruitful and multiply. Or in other words, increase. Everybody say increase. Whenever we're living under the blessing, our lives always increase. Now, we think monetarily, that's just part of it. But God wants you to be blessed and increase in every area of your life. How many want your marriage to increase? Man, I want my marriage to increase. My wife wants our marriage to increase. I want my family to increase. I want my church to increase. I want us to experience the blessing this year like never before. He says, I've authorized you to experience the blessing, to be fruitful and multiply. But then he goes on to say this. He says, now subdue or conquer. Why did God say that? He said, because there is opposition that's coming against that blessing. 
He said that blessing will empower you to prosper, to multiply, and be fruitful. But there's something or someone that is going to oppose your fruitfulness and your increase and your blessing. So, be on guard, and when it comes, conquer it. Amen. Now, what was it that opposed the blessing? Satan. We know that Adam and Eve were not by themselves in the garden. The Bible says that Satan was there in the garden as well. Now, Satan had been uh, cast out of heaven. He had no power, no authority, no dominion. Everything that he had, every blessing that he had ever known, he was stripped from and placed in the garden. And so, the only thing that he could do would be to steal what God gave his man. Now, how did he steal from Adam and Eve? It's the same thing that he's doing to the church or God's people today. He's stealing it by getting them to not know or understand God or what God said. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. How do we know that he challenged that? Because if you recall, when he begins to talk to Eve, she says, well, God says that we shouldn't eat from the tree. And God, or Satan says to her, hath God really said? Did God really say that? The way that he stole from them, the way that he steals from us, is to question or be ignorant of God's word. And the moment we become ignorant of what God said, we open up the door for the enemy to steal the blessing on our life. To be fruitful and multiply, if we don't act in accordance to the word, we will not walk in or experience the blessing to the degree that God desires for us to experience. You're tracking with me this morning. So as I said, the enemy has no power or had no power. But therefore, we saw that they committed treason. And based upon questioning the word of God and acting against the word of God, they surrendered the blessing that God gave them. They surrendered their authority. They surrendered the dominion that God had given them. And as a result, the Bible says... That Satan became the God of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4. And it says that he continually deceives those that are in darkness. How has he become the God of this world? By getting people to not understand or hear or live by what God said. Amen? Now once again, he had no authority until he got them to question what God said. In regards to today, most of people today are still living like that back then. What I mean by this is that there is something that God made available for us to experience the blessing of God. But most believers, now you got to hear this right. Most believers live as though we were under the old covenant. What do I mean by that? Well, we live as though Satan has so much power, so much control, and has so much ability to mess with our lives. And as a result, we, the people of God, are not experiencing the blessing of God. We're not living under the blessing of God, even though it's available. 
If we were to ask ourselves, how you doing? Well, I'm getting by. Well, I thought that the blessing empowered us to prosper, to be fruitful and multiply, and to increase in every area of our life. How come the church looks so pathetic nowadays? It's because we as a church have lived as though we were still under the old covenant, as though the the enemy still had rule over us. But there's good news for us, and that is, is that Jesus came to defeat everything that the devil came to do. And therefore, as a result, he restored and redeemed us to a place of the beginning where he enabled and reinsured and reinstated that blessing. And therefore, we have a promise of increase and being able to multiply in this earth today. Amen. You could say it this way. Most people stop at the cross. In other words, we say, well, praise the Lord. Jesus died for our sins. Sins are forgiven. Yes, they are. But not only did Jesus go to the cross to pay the price for our sins, he also went to hell. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so there is not just a a cross theology. There is a resurrection theology. We are not just people that have come up to the cross and say, Praise the Lord, we're born again, we've received salvation, forgiveness of sin. No, there is a life to experience after the cross. And it's because of the resurrection that reinstated the blessing of God in our lives. In fact, for that matter, Jesus, the scripture says, He became sin for us. He paid the price for sin. And He defeated sin sin was the rejection of God's promise in God's blessing and Jesus said I've come to restore that blessing and increase so that you can begin to live under the blessing and this year as a church as I said we're coming up higher come on say it with me we're coming up amen now let me just again give you an example for the sake of illustration to help us understand I said that many of us live as though we still are under the old covenant. Well, you can look at it this way. For instance, in China, it is illegal to be a Christian. It's illegal to go to church. And so much of the church in China is the underground church. In other words, they do it in secret. They do it with the threat of being arrested and put in prison. But let's just say that that person in China says, you know what, I want to... I want to become a citizen of the United States. They put in their paperwork and they come over to the U.S. and they become a citizens of the United States of America. Excuse me. At that point in time, they have the ability to worship freely with no fear of being imprisoned. They are freely able to worship anytime they want to, go to church anytime that they want to. But if they have not gotten the mentality of where they came from out of them, they'll be a free citizen in the United States of America and still live under the fear of the old kingdom or old nation. Does that make sense? And it's simply because they don't know or understand the freedoms that they have. We as the people of God, we were once separated from God. Under the rulership of the devil. But Jesus set us free. And he restored us back to the place of saying, be fruitful and multiply. Be blessed. Amen. 
We're living under the blessing because we're living in the kingdom of God. Once again, Jesus stripped Satan and the Bible says that he spoiled principalities. And so therefore, there is nothing that Satan has on you as a believer. If you've received Christ, the devil has no power, no authority, no control, no access to your life unless he can steal it from you. I said unless he can steal it from you. How does he steal it from you? He does it through ignorance of not knowing what's available. Notice what it says here in Matthew chapter 28. In Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, this is after Jesus rose from the grave. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What was Jesus saying? He said, because I conquered everything that Satan came to do, he says, all authority has been given unto me. He says, now I give it to you. I authorize you. Now go do what I've done. Amen. Go do what I've done. In the life of the believer, once again, Satan has no, no power or authority unless we allow him to steal it from us. Notice what it says over here in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us or translated us into the kingdom of his son or the son of his love. Notice what he says. You have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Our citizenship is of a different kingdom. I said our citizenship is of a different kingdom. Do you realize that there's all kinds of people that are in church this morning, but don't know that they are in the kingdom of God? And if they're in the kingdom of God, there are different rules. There are different blessings. There are different advantages than being apart from God. But so many people do not know and so we're coming up higher. We're thinking rightly. We're thinking in lines of the kingdom. And here's one of the things that I want to challenge you this year. Is that rather than just going from day to day. And possibly coming to church on Sunday. Start living life thinking like I'm in the kingdom. Everything that I do is in accordance to what God said. Amen. Decisions that you have to make. Let's begin to ask God, God, what do you think about this? Have you ever made decisions and it didn't turn out good? Maybe it flopped. And you're thinking, dear God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Cost me money, maybe a bad experience, or maybe it was just a major disaster. How many of you know that God knew the outcome of that before you ever even started? And had we inquired of the Lord, hey, God, what do you think about this? You say, well, why would I ask God? Because we live in the kingdom. And he wants to bless us, and he wants us to be fruitful and multiply. So if there's major disaster in our life, that's not God's will. And for those of you that have been taught God does bad things to teach you things, that is not the heart of God. Come on, that's not being blessed, experiencing hardship. 
I mean, if you're smart, you can learn some positive things out of bad things. But that's not the heart of God. Amen. Now, once again, just, just for the sake of, of qualifying that statement, you as a parent. You know, I've told my children before, don't put your, put your hand on a hot stove. Well, I don't put their hand on the hot stove just to teach them that it's hot. Right? I love them enough to tell them, don't do it. No, no, don't do it. That will hurt you. Right? So why do we think God is a hard God? He's not. God is a blesser. I said God is a blesser. And the blessing of the Lord has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply and increase this year. Listen, there's a lot of hard things that are coming. And you might say, dear God, did you see the economy? Did you see the unemployment rate? It is going crazy. Have you seen the gas prices? Oh my gosh, it is so hard to live these days. Why does it have to be hard to live as a believer? Because there is a world that is out there that is being governed by the the enemy that is ruling this world. And that is what's dictated to everything that we see. But we are in the kingdom of God. We are the blessed ones. We are the ones that are empowered to prosper and increase. So listen, if the gas prices are going up, so is the blessing of God. If the unemployment rate is going up, so is the blessing of God. Amen. I'm increasing. I'm being fruitful and I'm multiplying because I'm blessed. Praise God. And you won't talk me out of it because the devil is not going to have his way any longer. We have lived in a community of people that have lived with poverty mentality. Looking, gimme, gimme, because my name is Jimmy. No, listen, we're coming to know that God is faithful to his word. That he's a blesser. And all we have to do is say, God, I hold fast to the word and the promise. And therefore, I'll increase and I'll be fruitful and I'll be blessed because I'm living under the blessing. Amen? And when I say living under the blessing, listen to this. Living under the blessing doesn't mean that I'm living under the weight of the blessing. It means that it's my covering. I said it's my covering. Amen. When I I walk into the the car dealership and they say this is what the cost of the car is going to be. Listen, I walk with a covering. And in the blessing, I have favor. So that means I don't have to pay retail. Amen. I walk in the blessing and the favor of God, so I don't necessarily have to shop at the goodwill. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? Not that there's anything wrong with going to the goodwill. I'm just saying, I don't have to have that as my mentality. I don't have to walk into the store and thinking, dear God, where's the clearance rack? (laughs) I can't ever get nothing new unless I buy something off the clearance rack. No, listen. I have a covering over me. And wherever I go, I'm blessed and I have favor. You walk into the restaurant and they say, well, you know, it's going to be an hour and a half wait. All right. Well, I got the blessing. I've got favor. Oh, hey, by the way, uh, a table just came available. Can we seat you right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you can. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? We're walking in the blessing of the Lord. He said this, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, the son of his love. So notice he says he's translated us into a different kingdom. Now, what did Jesus say? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness 
or God's way of doing things. And all these things will be added unto you. Come on, somebody say things. things. You have been taught through religion that having a desire or praying for things is bad. But what do you need in this natural world? You need natural things, right? God says, don't seek after the things like the Gentiles or those that are under Satan's rule. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. What do you have need of this year? Why just barely get by? Why struggle through life? Even in the midst of hardship, we are of the kingdom of God. I'm seeking the kingdom of God and his way of doing things. And he says, all these things shall be added. And then the scripture says this, it's my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Come on, it's God's heart and God's pleasure to give us the kingdom. But yet we live as believers and like, well, praise the Lord. I wish somebody would give me something. I wish somebody would see my sad look on my face and ask me the question, what's wrong, so I could tell them. There was one guy that we had on staff. He said he came from a background, he said, of, of preachers, and he said that this is what he was taught. And again, you, you see how poverty mentality has been taught even in preacher families. He said that his grandfather, that was a pastor or a preacher, told him, he says, if anybody ever gives you an invitation to come preach, he says, wear the, the most worn, tattered shoes, the ones that have holes in the soles of them. He said, so that way when you go preach in a service, they'll see how worn your shoes are and they'll give you a bigger offering. Really? I don't know about you, but I, I think if I was looking pretty raggedy, it might mess with some of my credibility with you, right? Well, you talk about the blessing of God, but you don't look very blessed. You talk about the goodness of God, but you don't look like God's been very good to you, right? Man, we serve a good God. Come on, saying I'm increasing this year. We need to change our thinking this year. And we need to be thinking in line with the kingdom of God all the time. How do we do that? We renew our minds by the word of God. Notice what it says in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 20. It says, but we are the citizens or are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. And from it also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, as Savior. Where is your place? Where is your citizenship? In heaven. Where you're a part of? You're a part of the kingdom of God. You know, there are individuals that will go overseas and they work in the United States Embassy in other nations. It can be in a, a corrupt, poor, communistic country. But if they're in the United States Embassy, they have the same rights and privileges in the embassy as if they were living in Michigan. Why? Because they're citizens of the United States. You might be in this earth, but your citizenship, your commonwealth is as of heaven. But yet we struggle. Listen, the commonwealth, the kingdom in which we're from, they pave their roads with gold. Oh, dear God, I hope I can put some bread in the pantry this week. No, see, we're living out of a different kingdom. We live according to the kingdom of God. Look at what it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 1. I said that our thinking has to be different. If you recall, Jesus said this. He says, anything that I do, 
This is back when he was in his earthly ministry. He said, the things that I do are the things that I hear and I see the Father do. In other words, he was connected to heaven. In Luke chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout all the cities and villages, preaching, everybody say preaching, and showing, come on, say showing, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. He was preaching and teaching the kingdom. So in other words, his words were of the kingdom, but he was showing the kingdom. What did he do? He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So in other words, anyone that came to him and said, I need healing, he healed them. Oh, it must be something from heaven. It must be something from the kingdom of God because he was showing the kingdom. I guess you're not, you're not getting what I'm saying here. We struggle to receive from God. But God said that Jesus came to preach and show. Whatever you see Jesus doing in the scripture is available today. Because we're in the kingdom. Amen. Come on, I'm so sick and tired of preachers telling us that Jesus didn't have anything. That had a rock for a pillow. That they just were poor people. Come on, do you think... That those that followed Jesus got poorer as time went on for serving and following Jesus? Or do you think their lives became richer? I believe that they became richer. Amen. I believe that they're... Well, praise the Lord, you know, they followed Jesus for three and a half years. They wore that robe for three and a half years. Can you imagine how pathetic they would look of wearing the same garment, never washing the thing, never taking a bath, never having a place to stay for three and a half years. That that garment would look so tattered and pathetic. Who in the world would listen to them? Come on. Their lives weren't poor for following Jesus. They were richer for following Jesus. Why? Because Jesus preached and showed the kingdom. If he said that the kingdom is to be blessed, to be fruitful and multiply, don't tell me they weren't blessed. Oh, they were blessed. They were so much blessed that they had a treasure that took care of the ministry's money. Name was Judas. Well, you know, Jesus came from poor backgrounds. Listen, did you remember that they went into the city because of the census to pay taxes? Poor people don't pay taxes. See, again, you got to look between the lines and begin to discern some things. Jesus was not poor. Why? Because he lived according to the kingdom of God. He lived under the blessing that God mandated. Be fruitful and multiply. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on, is, is, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Is it starting to take root on the inside? You see... God's original design was for us to live according to the kingdom, think like the kingdom, and experience the blessing. If you recall that there was the time when the flood came and God says, you know, you guys have gotten so corrupt, I'm going to wipe everything out and start over. And then shortly thereafter, after the flood and after the population started to increase, do you know what those people started to do? They said, let us build a tower. Let us build a tower. That people will know 
that we are self-sufficient. Everything about the Tower of Babel was to say, we don't need God, we can take care of ourselves. Here's a little side thought. That is the root of socialism. We don't need God, man can take care of ourselves. And if you don't see that in today's political arena as to the shift, it's simply saying we're removing God, we can take care of it. Amen? That's the hour that we're living in. This culture is trying to remove God. But there's a remnant. There's a light in the darkness. Woo, that's us. Hey, hey. Come on, when your neighbor's saying, I can't wait for my welfare check because I got to get some of that government cheese, you can say, hey, baby, I got some good stuff right here. I got the block and I got the slice, but it's the good stuff. What do you want? You want some? I'll give you some crackers to go with it. Why? Because we aren't dependent upon man. We serve God and we trust God and we live under the blessing. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we're running short on time. You doing okay? Let's wind this down and then we'll continue to pick up back next week. The scripture says this. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus was appointed heir of all things. But then he also said that we are joint heirs with him. So we as the people of God, we're coming up higher this year. We're walking and living under the blessing. And we're thinking in line with the kingdom of God. Because there's work that needs to be done. There's a people that are dying and going to hell. And we have lived life just trying to survive and just try to get by. And as I said before, gimme, gimme, because my name is Jimmy. Listen, God has equipped us, called us, and said, come up higher. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher because there's bigger things to do. And you can't do it by yourself. Notice what it says here. Now, I'm going to mess with some of your theology here for just a second. But many times we have this idea that I have to work for a living. If I could only get some more overtime, if I could just get a better job, if I could just have an education, if I could just do this or I could do that, I could have a greater livelihood. That's a lie from the enemy. There's people that will, will say, you know what, I, I just, I'm on a fixed income. Who fixed it? Certainly wasn't God. Well, my circumstances. No, listen. That's just simply not understanding what God has said. God said if you're a believer, you're blessed. Empowered to prosper. To be fruitful and multiply. Listen to what it says here in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. Is it on the screen? I want you to see it. The blessings of the Lord... Now, what's blessing mean? Empowered to prosper. The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it. Well, if I could just get more overtime. Nope. The blessing, it makes rich. Well, if I could just have an education. I could be rich. No, it says that the blessing in the life of a believer, the blessing makes, it makes one rich. 
Well, what's rich? A full supply, abundantly provided for. Now listen, I want you, again, I'm going to challenge your thinking. We, we have this Philippians 4.19. And my God, he shall supply all of my needs according to, you, to his riches and glory. And we say, oh, well, God will meet my needs. Is that what the blessing was for, to meet my needs? It was not. He says, I've given you all things to enjoy. What's the blessing for? It's for you to enjoy this life as a believer. And in the process of you enjoying life, he will supply your needs because you're blessed. Woo! <laughs> Come on, I'm blessed. It's not qualified as to what my job tells me I can do, what my education. I'm a blessed man. I'm empowered to prosper. I'm fruitful and multiplying. Why? Because it's the blessing. It maketh one rich, adds no sorrow. Amen. And along the way, all of my needs are met. Praise God. So what does that mean? Oh, praise the Lord. That just means that my needs are met and there's extra left over. Oh, praise the Lord. See, if I could get that in my thinking, I could stop thinking that tithing or giving is subtraction. Because you think it's leaving your life. But oh, because I'm blessed, I can give and the blessing still keeps adding. I'm blessed and I'm prospering. I'm fruitful. I'm multiplying. I'm increasing. And man, when I give of my tithe, it don't even hurt me because God blesses me. He supplies even the means to be able to be a tither and a giver. Amen? Amen. Come on, say it with me. Take, stand up with me. Say it with me. Say, I'm blessed. I'm, blessed. I'm empowered to prosper. I'm empowered to prosper. Say, I'm Say, I'm increasing this year. Say, I'm living under the blessing. Amen. Amen. If you don't believe that now, just hang around. And the word, not pastor, the word will begin to change your thinking. And we'll get to the place where we'll say, God said, if he said, that settles it. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here this morning. And maybe you'd say, you know, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I've, I, I've really never surrendered my life. Maybe you're watching online and this resonates with a viewer. But you said, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I like what I hear about the blessing. See, the blessing only comes when you're in the kingdom or in the family of God. I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're here this morning, and if you were to examine your life over the last year, last two years, last three years, and you say, man, I've come a long way. And the long way I'm referring to is that you've come a long way away from God. You're a long ways away from where you were. And you say, man, the blessing just isn't here like it was. I'm not experiencing like it was. Listen, make a shift. Make a change. Make a choice. God, today... I'm coming back under the blessing. I'm coming home. I'm staying home because I'm a part of the kingdom. Amen. If you're here this morning, and if you say, this year, this might apply to the person that wants to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of their life for the first time, or maybe there's somebody that say, you know what, I just, I need to make it right with God. 
If you're saying today, I'm coming back to the kingdom of God. I'm making a choice today to live under the blessing. Would you just raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. You can put it down once you put it up. I see that hand. Anybody else? You say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to come into the family of God. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Praise God. I see that hand. Amen. Once you put it up, you can put it back down. If you didn't raise your hand, but you wish you would have, if you're online and you're saying, I'm raising my hand here in my home, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. Just right there where you're at. I want you just to make a heart commitment to the Lord. As I said, I'll lead you in prayer just to make it simple. And if you'll mean it with your heart, this is the first day of the rest of your life. And the blessing is on the way. As a congregation, let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Paid the price for my sin. Restored me to have right standing with you. So I received Jesus. I ask you, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. And thank you for restoring the blessings. I expect the blessings. I'll see the blessings because I am now in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now just to go show you how simple that is. I'm leading you in prayer, and you see that sometimes it's not all that eloquent. It's not eloquence of prayer. It's just saying, God, I mean it from my heart. So listen, if you prayed that prayer, we're here every Wednesday. We're here every Sunday. If you don't know Jesus or have, uh, don't know how to, to, to uh, uh, walk with him, we have a believer's pack down at the Connect Center that will get you started with some materials. Let us help you. Amen? And let us be a family and a source of supply to you. Amen? All right, God bless you. We love you. There's sign-up sheets out there by the Impact Leadership Academy. Come on, let's do it up. See you next time. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.